Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, here with my good friend and co-host Christian Ubius. Christian, how are you doing this this fine Tuesday evening as we sit here to record this latest episode? I am tired. I am set. I am not hungry. I'll get hungry later. Good. On on this on the calendar. Get get hungry after recording with Scott. Get, get get hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how you need to plan those things out. <laughs> of course. Always gotta gotta stay up to date on on your physical needs. Of course. And folks, we love to to satisfy your your oral needs here for audio. That sounded terrible. That did sound terrible. That's that. I don't like what you said. Well, we're gonna satisfy your A U R. AL needs as we create this podcast for your listening pleasure. Christian and I have the pleasure of kicking off a brand new blend of the month here for August. And inspired by Reminiscence coming later this August, we will be looking at some original sci-fi films directed by women. Christian, when I brought this category to you, what did it make you think? I don't know if you Consider yourself a huge sci-fi person. I know we talk about sci-fi somewhat regularly on this podcast, but I'm not sure your personal connection to the genre. So, just what were you feeling as I pro- proposed this topic? Well, it made me think that there are very few women directors in general. So, it's besides drama, it's very hard for you to give me a genre and me able to come up with multiple women who have directed a movie in that genre. So, I was interested in what you were going to do. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> it's unfortunate because we are missing the most notable original sci-fi film directed by women, as that movie is The Matrix, and we previously discussed it on this podcast last year. There's a, I wouldn't call it a famous cinema drip argument, because we're not quite famous yet, but there was a notable cinema drip argument about that movie. I don't hate The Matrix, I think The Matrix is fine. And I, along with everybody else in the world, think The Matrix is a masterpiece. So, for more of Christian's Alley, you can check out A Glitch in the Matrix, the documentary that often talks about that movie, about people who think we're living in a simulation, which we covered last week in our top five of 2021 so far. But original sci-fi films directed by women are few and far between, which is kind of easy from a curation perspective, because there are only so many you can choose. But in the same way, it is hard, because you want to make sure you're picking some some emblematic movies for the theme, some interesting ones to talk about. And I think we're going to start off in a good place, Christian, because we are starting with 1998's Deep Impact. Had you seen this movie before this recording session, Christian? Well, I hope you've seen this movie before the recording session. Have you seen the movie before? I had. I have seen the Spanish dubbed version. Because my grandpa showed it to me, or maybe it was on TV and he was watching it and showed it to me. I don't know why, my grandpa didn't really watch movies, but he watched Deep Impact. That's incredible. Of all the movies, for a not big movie person to show a grandchild, Deep Impact would not be high on that list for me. But I guess I am a movie person, so who's he? We'll, we'll see what I'll show my grandkids someday. But I'm glad you have this special memory to return to. Is, is it a positive memory? I hope. I I, I I liked it when 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 I was watching it. I missed some of the Spanish voices. Like you missed them over the American voices. Oh, the American voices. Okay. Well, apologies for for forcing you to watch this in English, the inferior language. 
But I am looking forward to talking about this movie, Christian, especially because Deep Impact has a very funny Hollywood history in that it is one of the movies that I saw slash film consider as part of their Seeing Double series. Seeing Double meaning it's two movies of an extremely similar concept that came out in the same year. Like The Prestige and The Illusionist. Like The Prestige and The Illusionist. Like Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached. Dueling rom-coms about a Friends with Benefits situation. Anything else coming to mind? Um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> because probably the next most famous edition of that phenomenon is Deep Impact versus Armageddon. And they are two very different movies that both happen to be about... A Bug's Life and Ants. A Bug's Life and Ants. Oh boy. Talk about different movies about a similar concept. But Deep Impact and Armageddon both coming out in the summer of 1998. The sixth and first most financially successful movies of that year. And they just couldn't be more different despite being about the same concept that being an asteroid is coming for the earth and it's going to destroy everything unless we can stop it well you know that's good <laughs> that's good us stopping the asteroid christian i i like it when the asteroid doesn't hit earth me, me too i'm glad an asteroid hasn't hit earth in however many millions of years <laughs> but filmmakers were preoccupied that summer so christian i'm gonna ask you a leading question here because I, I asked this question about five minutes ago but have you seen armageddon have you been able to compare these two movies no okay so i'll handle the the bulk of that <laughs> because i think they actually make an interesting point of comparison both of them were unfortunately not well loved by critics armageddon has gone on to be well loved by the average moviegoer obviously made a ton of money at the box office much more than deep impact even though it was still successful but I think specifically, looking at the perspective of female filmmakers in the sci-fi space and male filmmakers, but specifically Michael Bay <laughs> in sci-fi, uh, Armageddon is the most Michael Bay movie there is. It's explosions and patriotism and masculinity and dudes being guys, and it is so different from Deep Impact, which is much more thoughtful and spread out <laughs> and heavy as a movie armageddon features some of the same catastrophic things but it's in an action movie mindset not a thoughtful sci-fi tinged drama so i'll i'll be bringing up some points of comparison as we get into our discussion but otherwise let's get into the the details here of deep impact christian would you mind spouting off some of the key players for those listening along all right all right so this the this dude, Elijah Wood, he is uh, he he's looking through you know a telescope, kind of smart. I think he's at astronomy camp or something, and he's there with other dudes and and, and ladies and, and and looking through and and he sees something he doesn't recognize and he he tells his professor I don't know I don't know what this thing is. His professor goes, huh. Let's send that off to to other dude to uh, other professor so that he can look at it. Other professor looks at it, uh, and 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 says, "Frick, this is an asteroid that's gonna like come to Earth and destroy everything." I'm pretty sure that's a direct quote from the movie. <laughs> Frick, and and, and and then and then other professor guy, he uh, is is like frantically eating pizza as he drives 
down like a mountain in order to get I don't know where he's going but he needs to get this information he, they, he's gonna mail some something some of the information he's trying to get it out yeah this is before email so or or whatever and and, and then um, other truck come in come the way and, and because our 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 main dude is uh, eating pizza doesn't see truck and, and then vroom, you know goes off <laughs> the mountain and now we don't know whether or not they're going to have the information about the asteroid. Except. Except that they do. Because <laughs> the movie needs to keep going. Um, and, 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 uh, I think that's kind of the plot. <laughs> that's the first ten minutes, for sure. But yes, Christian, uh, as, as he says, Elijah Wood plays an astronomer, discovers an astro- coming, asteroid coming towards the Earth. The astronomer who locates it more scientifically dies trying to deliver the information but we skip ahead into the future and we meet jenny lerner who's a journalist played by taylor leone there's this weird father-daughter thing going on there's a weird father-daughter thing going on because jenny of course is estranged from her father she has a little bit of added stakes to the situation but she starts to uncover what she thinks is a government cover-up regarding an affair with a resigning member of the cabinet, but she finds out that it's not a cover-up about that, that he is resigning because there is an asteroid coming towards the Earth. It's going to crash into it and destroy all life as we know it in a year. And so she takes over much of the reporting over the event, works together with the president, played by Morgan Freeman, as he tries to spearhead a mission to the asteroid to stop it from destroying Earth. Uh, as we said, Deep Impact is directed by Mimi Leader, and that is why we're covering it for this blend. It was written by Bruce Joel Rubin and Michael Tolkien, uh, produced by David Brown and Richard D. Sinuck, but executive produced by Steven Spielberg, who was heavily involved with the production. Uh, he was originally going to direct it himself, actually, and then ended up giving the project to Mimi Leader because of her success on a movie called The Peacemaker that was her Hollywood debut that came out before this. So it comes out May 98, before Armageddon, on a budget of $80 million, and it manages to bring in almost $350 million at the global box office. And I was surprised, because this is not a big sci-fi action movie. It's more of a serious drama. It's, it's thoughtful, and we're dealing with these heavy, weighty themes. So, Christian, I know you had seen this before, but were you surprised by the tone? Or were you, were you expecting something a little bit more action, or even disaster movie-oriented? I... No, well, it, it's hard because I knew what the movie was about, and and when if I think back to I don't know I was probably in high school when I saw it the first time, I wasn't. It it read to me like a drama and not like a science fiction movie, if that makes any sense. It's it's weird because it's much more so a a movie about broken familial relationships set against the backdrop of asteroid that wants to destroy earth i don't yeah. no, no no not asteroid wants to destroy earth asteroid coming to earth asteroids don't really want things <laughs> but i know what you mean i don't know what kind of asteroids you know i hesitate to say that i don't know many asteroids at all but i know what you're saying it's lightly sci-fi and there are different plot strands that we follow throughout the movie, one of which does follow this crew of astronauts who were sent to divert the asteroid, essentially. And their section of the movie is definitely more traditional science fiction. But the rest of it is much more dramatic and more of a disaster movie than anything, which that's 
subgenre unto itself, but not the heaviest dose of sci-fi as we are getting into this particular blend of the month. Have you have you seen No wait, you haven't seen High Life. I have not seen High Life. Never mind then. You may keep going. <laughs> Thank you for your permission, sir. Have you seen the George Clooney movie, the one that came out last year, the of of The Midnight Sky? Midnight Sky. Yes. Okay, did you get similar vibes cuz that also it is much more focused on kind of the relationships inherent and broken because of a, a scientific event and natural disaster instead of like focusing yeah. on the natural disaster itself. yeah i see what you're saying I, Clooney is in that movie it's more focused on his character so it's a different feeling from deep impact because it's mostly about one character working with this crew up in space but the same themes i i see what you're getting at there's a lot of flashbacks to his life before this so I, event and, so and here's the thing i'm not i'm not a master i haven't seen all of tarkovsky's work but tarkovsky also did similar things i think that science fiction originated even when you look at what godzilla godzilla was supposed to be a thing um speaking of the post-nuclear attacks on nagasaki and hiroshima I do think science fiction originally is meant to cover broader themes more so than be just entertainment fodder. Absolutely. I get so frustrated because some people think, boo-hoo, keep your politics out of my Star Wars, or whatever. They say, oh, science fiction is just about cool concepts and entertainment, but science fiction has never just been about cool concepts or fun stories or world building or whatever you want to say. Some of the best science fiction obviously connects to the real world. And you can use androids and aliens and space travel and whatever other concept or character you want to throw in there. The best stuff often teaches us about life now. Even though maybe in our lifetimes we'll never encounter aliens or we'll never get to travel to another planet. We can still learn about... Maybe you won't ever. Yeah, maybe I won't. But we'll learn about the human condition. And to that end, that's one of the major ways that Deep Impact is so different from Armageddon. <laughs> and if you've seen Armageddon, you know what I'm talking about. It is very rah-rah, let's go blow up this asteroid. Are the Transformers movies science fiction? They are definitely science fiction. Although <laughs> I'm curious as to where you're going with this. Doesn't the AI concept sometimes just delve into fantasy? I, I would... I don't see I don't too many worlds where my shape-shifting car... It wants to cry. If, if we're looking at real life, or what Transformers or, movies are you watching? Or like where he's wielding a sword, you know? I, I I typically say science fiction. It's a very related to fantasy. They often get grouped together on streaming services or even bookstores when you're looking for something to buy. No, no, I, and I get that. I just think science fiction relates specifically just... to the scientific. So things like robots and transformers and aliens. But did he need the sword? I don't know. We're not talking about transformers, Christian. All right. We're talking about Deep Impact. So then let's go into fun facts about Deep Impact. Before we get to our review, we do like to share some fun facts about the movies that we are reviewing. It's always fun to get a glimpse behind the scenes or pick up on any of the storylines or how people reacted to it after the fact. So Christian... What fun facts do you have to share about Deep Impact? All right, so Morgan Freeman, who plays the president, wanted to wear an earring. Uh, the director, Mimi, turned him down. 
But when we see the president addressing the nation from the Oval Office, well, he does that a couple of times. You can, like, see some of Freeman's tattoos because he's rolled his sleeves up. And the director liked this because she felt it gave the president an everyday look. But apparently the earring wouldn't have. (laughs) Earrings on a man, not an everyday look, Christian. (laughs) But tattoos. Now there's an average joke. (laughs) Speaking of Morgan Freeman... They actually edited one of his lines during one of the press conference scenes. Being the president, he naturally addresses the American people multiple times during the movie. And one of his lines was originally going to be, Life will go on, we will prevail, this is not Armageddon. But they changed it because, as Hollywood happens, and the producers realized there were two movies with the same concept coming out, and one of them was literally titled Armageddon, they had the writers rewrite that line so that it just became, life will go on, we will prevail. They didn't want to give any shout-outs to Armageddon of of any kind, and I think that was a a smart choice. So, during the school assembly scene, one of the students says to Elijah Wood, you're going to have more sex than anyone else in this room? And that line was improvised. So all the reactions from the students there, those are genuine reactions. I have to double down on this. That is a fabulous moment. And also, do you know the person who shouts that line out? Do you know the actor? No. The actor is Jason Doring, and 99% of you will have no idea who that is. But for the 1% of you out there who are Veronica Mars fans, you will recognize him immediately. Because he plays Logan, Logan Eccles, who's one of the main characters from that show and i lost my mind seeing 15 year old jason doring or however old he was <laughs> shouting to elijah wood that he's gonna have a lot more sex now <laughs> what a line what a line one last fun fact from me and then christian i'll let you wrap us up i love sometimes the ways that movie critics can react to different or similar movies obviously Christian and myself have sometimes intersecting tastes. We react similarly to some movies and then we diverge heavily. So I was looking into some of the critical reaction for Deep Impact and Armageddon. Naturally, both were not critically beloved, but some movies had some fans. And so Manola Dargis, who's a famous critic, gave Deep Impact. I don't know her her rating scale. I just know that on Metacritic, she gave it basically a 1 out of 10. She hated this movie, thought it was terrible. She gave Armageddon a 7 out of 10, largely on the strength of the entertainment value and the special effects. When you switch over to Chicago and say hi to Roger Ebert, he despised Armageddon, put it on, eventually put it on his most hated movies list and gave it one star. But he gave Deep Impact two and a half stars, and in his review of Armageddon, he said that Deep Impact might as well be on the American Film Institute's list, meaning the AFI list for the best movies of the year. That is how vast he saw the difference between these two movies. So it's just funny to see how certain critics can go one way and critic other critics can go the other direction. <laughs> and my last thing is um, the ship that the, the, the astronauts are on to go to destroy the comet is called the Messiah. But it's an inside joke because when the first space shuttle was being thought of NASA constructed a full-scale model of it and it was nicknamed the Messiah because according to popular legend everyone who walked into it said Jesus Christ in reference to its size (laughs) not a little profanity inspired humor in our fun fact section and now Christian with our fun facts wrapped up it's time to get into this review and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this movie So, Christian, here is your opening question. 
naturally, Deep Impact covers a few different groups of people. We have the President of the United States and a MSNBC reporter trying to deal with the news cycle of it all. The reporter is also trying to deal with her parents, who are divorced, and she's estranged from her father. We also have Elijah Wood's character playing a young astronomer who's in love with his girlfriend and trying to protect his family and her family. And there's this mission, going to the asteroid, to hopefully save the planet. There's a lot of disparate threads here, Christian, and so whether or not it works, we'll save that for a minute. I just wanted to ask, which one of these storylines were you most drawn to, and why? The astronauts, I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's maybe it's because of the whole bringing a disparate group of people together, and you have the old dude who's experienced, but no one cares about him anymore, and the the youngins, and John Favreau. Maybe it was just that John, John Favreau. Favreau was in this movie. <laughs> Another, similar to Jason Doring, John Favreau has a much bigger part, and I had no idea he was in this movie. So again, sitting on my couch, arms raised in the air, so excited to see him. They, it, I enjoy their banter, their back and forth, them in space. I actually thought their chemistry and how they were approaching impending death lent itself more to the science fiction element of it, of how do we take, how do we think about our lives in reference to this situation that the planet has found itself in? I think there's some really good stuff with the astronauts, and we should mention the, the biggest actor in this movie, probably Morgan Freeman being one, but the other biggest actor is Robert Duvall, a name that we have not mentioned yet, but he is playing the captain on this mission. He has some great moments with other astronauts who are, as they're trying to deal with this enormous <laughs> task before them. And I think of one scene late in the movie where he sits down with the the younger commander. So Duval, I should say, is captain of the ship, but there's a different commander for the mission. And he was wounded, and so he is lying, dealing with his wounds, and Duval's character finds out he had never read some of the classics, like Moby Dick, which he, of course, being an old guy who was in a movie, brought with him on the trip. And he sits down and starts to read Moby Dick to this wounded astronaut. And it's this moment that brings out the best in Duval. You, you totally see why they got him for this part. And it's those small moments like that that are all over Deep Impact. And I totally see why you would have gone for the astronaut section. What did you think of the mission itself once they got to the asteroid? I liked it. I liked them showing the asteroid itself. I liked the equipment that they used. I like the time clock that they set for themselves for how long they had to drill and then get out. I could have spent the entire movie there. Ah, and perhaps that is giving a wink-wink at your feelings about this movie. Yeah, the, the mission to the asteroid itself, definitely actual science fiction. This probably is not plausible, especially not 20-some years ago when Deep Impact was, was coming out. But the plan, of course, is to bore holes in the asteroid and drop a bunch of nukes into the middle of it and blow it up. So not necessarily plausible, but definitely a tense... A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> definitely a tense sequence and one that does work well. And there is... Uh, we won't spoil in case you do decide to watch this movie, but somebody does lose their life during the mission, and man, it got me. I was, I was sad when that particular astronaut... Left the way. Left the mission in a sad way. So was my roommate. So was your roommate. 
But Christian, you alluded to this. Maybe you didn't feel the same about the other plot threads going on in this movie. I am sure that Taya Leone's character led a wonderful life. To say I couldn't care any less about her relationship with her father is is kind of an understatement. (laughs) I honestly, here's the thing. I didn't hate Taya Leone's character. In fact, if she's just an ambitious journalist, I would have rather that. But the thing is, her father is given such little screen time and is so superficially just absent father stereotype it is not what you want we have a divorced parent situation and the dad married a woman who is the same age as his daughter what are those guys she's older by two years of course older by two years excuse me we should mention then taylor and his parents played by the great vanessa redgrave and the great maximilian shell so excellent actors in this movie but they just get so little to work with So you have these scenes that should be tugging at our heartstrings, really catching us in the feels, trying to get us more invested in this movie and its characters, but they don't have enough screen time. And so you aren't fully invested because you are walking along this family crisis as superficially as possible. Yeah. And honestly, Elijah Wood and Girlfriend... I don't know what girlfriend's name is. I'm so sorry. That's uh, The actress is Lily Sobieski, who's one of these big famous 90s people. And if you were around during the 90s, this movie is littered with people who were famous during the 90s. So you'll see a lot of familiar faces. But her name is Sarah within the movie. Sarah. Leo and Sarah. Sure, sure. Our young, our young couple in love. Here's the thing with them. They, it, it felt as though the movie started caring about them. And that we would have seen so much of their relationship. And then they're kind of like gone. And Taya Leone's character like takes over the entire movie. And then we get snippets of them. But it's like this romantic relationship that I'm sure they're like the chemistry. I guess I didn't hate. It's just in like three minutes. They are not in this movie and yet the entire opening is dedicated to them, and I'm so confused. Yeah, they I, at the beginning, I couldn't even tell that they were sort of already a thing. I think we're supposed to believe that they are boyfriend and girlfriend, but they're sort of just flirting at the beginning. The marriage proposal then oh my came gosh. right out of nowhere. <laughs> so yes, minor spoilers here, but as part of this, as part of this, the story unfolds, the some of the attempts to stop the asteroid are not successful. So the government reveals a plan that they are going to select citizens by a lottery, store them in an underground bunker that will survive should the asteroid impact the Earth. For two years. For two years. And Leo gets selected as part of this, he and his family, because he helped to discover the asteroid. And so to protect Sarah and her family, these definitely teenagers who are definitely still in high school decide to get married. And definitely, they look 12. <laughs> and they, they really, they do look young. And it, it, is, it was an unsettling scene to watch. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be genuinely touching and romantic, and it did not play that way. I think that it would have been better if we had like seen more of them. Here's the thing that I didn't bring up under my during background info. During initial previews, apparently test audiences did not react positively to them, to their two characters. Right. So they like reworked the movie, but it 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 
it, it feels like they reworked the movie. Like they had more planned for Leo and Sarah, which right. I, and so what we're left with is like these characters needed more time because right now it it's not. It feels like they're shoehorned in. That is, that's the biggest problem with Deep Impact, in my opinion. And this movie's a clean two hours, and you feel like there's some kind of Zack Snyder's cut version of a four-hour, you know, epic, where they give so much more development to all of the different storylines, and the president gets more to do, and there's more investment in the Lerner family, which is Taylor Leone's character, and there's more investment in Leo and Sarah and the mission to space, but I don't think there's actually a cut out there. I'm just saying that, in a way, it feels like they could have fleshed this out, but what we have is just not enough with all of the different characters. It's an ensemble movie, but there's not enough for the ensemble. Would you agree? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, it it's just unfortunate because I think we have. It's not a bad movie. It's not this a bad movie, thing. right? It and and I could see a cut of this or a version of this that either better juggles all three, because once again, this is Taya Leone's story, and. I don't think she has the most compelling story. I, Right. Like, at the beginning of the movie, she's on this story trying to uncover this, what she thinks is some kind of scandal. And Which they also, like, don't bring up again. And, and, and I, right. I, I get, but I feel like I needed more lead-in to understand the scandal because I'm left to kind of, like, parcel through what she thought the this affair that she thinks is going on is... But but doesn't it like her ambition and motivations aren't made apparent? Right. There's there's not enough given to her her specifically the ambition that she wants to be this anchor on TV, but she's only a reporter who is just publishing stories. Also, the entire time that she's on TV, it feels like she doesn't know why she's there. Oh my gosh. The yeah her. I don't know if this was intentional by Tayloni. Is maybe trying to portray Jenny as being a little out of her depth or something. But when she's actually on screen as an anchor, she basically just tells the news like this, very monotone, even though we're talking about the world ending. And it just wasn't wasn't working for me. I think she's she's good in other parts of the movie, but that was a weird choice or just not great acting. <laughs> and we didn't know enough about what she wanted before all of a sudden she's thrust into the middle of it all. Uh, and, and I I only have one other thing to say about this movie. I don't know if you have other things to bring up. Uh, but I wanted to speak on the actual asteroid hitting Earth part of it. So, okay. We will get into the end of this movie, which, I mean, not huge spoilers. If you do want to see Deep Impact pure of spoilers, you've gotten a couple minor ones thus far. But we're going to chat about the ending for a few minutes where this movie does dip into some of the disaster elements that I mentioned earlier. So, Christian... Go ahead. So the big asteroid um, gets split into two asteroids, a smaller one and a much bigger one that are going to hit Earth at two different points. The smaller one is hits like the ocean near uh, on the east coast. So the Atlantic, we would have been safe. <laughs> Yay, Los Angeles. Yay. Uh, uh, somehow Florida does not end up underwater. I don't understand. But somehow Florida makes it. Uh, but there's this giant wave that, that that will arise. And so everyone on the East Coast is asked to evacuate. And as they're evacuating, we see, like, basically just 
tons and tons of traffic in, in, in the sense that every single car possible is, is on the freeway trying to get out. And it doesn't feel like people think this is the end of the world. Because even though there's a lot of traffic, people are just kind of like sitting in their cars, patiently waiting. For the asteroid to come kill them. <laughs> even though there are so many places they could have off-roaded in order to get... I'm sorry, if I'm being told to evacuate to the west and... There's a ton of... I feel like I would be doing a better job of scrambling out, you know? Or, like, there's this one part where Elijah Wood's riding a motorcycle, and he kind of, like, leaves the motorcycle and gets out, and I'm like, bro, I would steal that. I would straight up just steal that and, like, (laughs) go... I didn't even think about that. He parks it a ways away from where he runs to. (laughs) And no one grabs it? And also, when the wave finally comes, he is with Sarah, and they run They run for like five minutes, and because they ran for five minutes up a mountain, the wave doesn't get them. Right. The sense of space here is not proportional. <laughs> yeah, the, the ending, once it goes full disaster movie, it just, what's good about Deep Impact is Lost. Because, obviously, this whole way, it wasn't an action movie. It wasn't a disaster movie. It was more of a drama. And when Leader goes fully into the asteroid crashing, the tidal wave rising, and the destruction happening, it's just not as interesting, honestly. Because we've seen stuff like that a million times. Especially now, in 2021, where Michael Bay has continued to make movies for the last 20 years. And other action filmmakers and superhero movies, obviously, have been leveling cities for decades so i also got the feel that that was one of the parts of the movie that couldn't be reworked around audiences not liking leo and sarah because naturally they survive the drama and but i don't know it or care enough about the relationship to care that they survive and again spoilers here jenny and her father are reconciled at the end of this movie that i was okay with standing on the beach to get crushed by the tidal wave I, I, I didn't mind that part. Like, it doesn't tug at my heartstrings, but I'm like, this is a natural progression natural, to what we've seen. Yes, and, it you know, they face death head-on as a reunited father and daughter. But I, even so, I, <laughs> we needed more with all of these yeah. relationships. And, and, okay, another major spoiler. Okay. When, 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 our, when our homies on, on the spaceship... Mm-hmm ram into the asteroid to explode the nukes it is such poor visual effects <laughs> i didn't even notice that to be honest you just see them kind of like enter this little crevice and then boom <laughs> heck yeah you know it christian all about the boom for me it's oh my it is such an anticlimactic wow. two second them destroying the maybe it's just me i feel like our you need to watch armageddon because <laughs> imagine that specific moment expanded over two and a half hours <laughs> that's basically armageddon I, I i so much more asteroid destruction in that movie let me tell you but do you have anything else to say about this movie i do i i, I want to touch on some of the other collaborators because a lot of what we talked about has been the acting or really the writing the structure of this movie the scenes we have with the characters i just want to know how you feel obviously about mimi leader's direction 
because this is she's the centerpiece of this choice for us. We're looking at original sci-fi directed by women. So I have a couple people I'll get to after, but she's the most important one for the purposes of this blend. So what did you think of her direction, working with the script that she had? I liked how she was able to capture bunches of people like at the press conference or I do or like when the astronauts are at the party I don't know there's I do think that there's a touch there of you under she knows how to focus in on a group of people while showing that there is a mass audience around them in order to world build and and you know present a a a realistic tone to their like 80 different cogs in the machine or when she was able to have the astronauts in space i do like how she made use of the inside of the space shuttle and of everyone moving around she knows how to focus it on a select group of people that being said i, I it's not that i take issue with this um I, I guess when the writing isn't all that there she's like still zoned in to a group of people that I don't want to be zoned in on. <laughs> and to some extent, this is not her script, obviously. So to some extent, she's working with what she has, but the director naturally has a degree of, some degree of control over the movie, works with the editor, works with the, the writers. And so you, you do wonder sometimes why she lingers on the groups that you're talking about for so long. I think I was picking up on something similar in that she has a she has a really strong knack for getting you to lean in, and there are moments throughout Deep Impact where she plays up the mystery of a moment, like where Morgan Freeman playing the president gets a phone call with news, and she she entrusts him as the actor and doesn't need us to find out what's happening all at once, and and she lets him react, and then the next scene isn't him walking to his advisors and saying, I just got a call from this person, and here's what they said. It's maybe him getting in front of the American people and getting ready to make this speech. Kind of like those scenes that you're talking about, where she is having these group scenes and getting the press all riled up. And when she leans into the mystery of what's going on and gets us feeling the same way that a person in this situation would feel, like, desperate to know what's happening. Did we save the day? Can we fix this? When she plays into that, it's so strong, and I wish that she had played more into the mystery of the situation and, and gotten us to wonder more, because those are some of the best moments in the movie. Anything else on, on Leader uh, that you particularly liked that she brought to this movie? I do think she kind of lost it when, when, when it was the disaster mode at the end of I And I mentioned this before, I don't like how she showed the people in cars. I don't like how she showed Sarah and Leo running away. I don't like how she showed like the astronauts just like zooping into the zooping. into the asteroid. I think that there was she treated it very low key, which doesn't fit when we are reaching the climax. A literal end of the world possible yes. <laughs> situation. Yeah, the chaos could have been better managed at the end, for sure. Which she does capture at, at points throughout. Like, there's a, a huge crowd outside this bunker that we talked about. When we see some characters going There are like the 12 people. There's more than that. And there's a, a whole... 24. There's... The army is there keeping people out. So it, it's a bigger deal than you're making it sound like. But, yeah, the ending could have been a little more urgent. Uh, but... Mm. What can you do? It's not the strongest part of the movie. The, the better stuff is in the build-up. 
Christian, any final thoughts on Deep Impact? Two and a half out of five stars. <laughs> Pretty sure that's where I landed. It's it it. This is a fine movie. Yeah, we agreed. Yes, look at that. <laughs> we agreed. There is there are some definite strengths to Deep Impact. Some definite weaknesses. And I wonder if we could jump through alternate universes and timelines. Maybe I've been watching Loki too much recently. But if we could see the version of Deep Impact that was all about the astronauts. Or that was all about Leo and Sarah. Or that was all about Jenny, the reporter, and her her co-workers and her family. I wonder if a movie that was more focused would have worked better. And whatever, we'll no. But... Because we have what we have, I think Deep Impact is definitely worth your time if you're looking for something interesting to watch, but not didn't get the strongest reaction from me. More about the astronauts, watch Solaris. More about Leo and Sarah, watch Titanic. And more about Jenny and her dad, watch Aliens. Interesting. That's not where I thought you would go with that. If you want more about the astronauts, you can also watch Armageddon. <laughs> Which I also will say... Uh, Deep Impact is available to watch for free on Peacock, which I have not used Peacock before. And the ads were not nearly as intrusive as I thought they would be. And they're only in the first half. And they're only in the first half, which is so nice. They have both Deep Impact and Armageddon right now. (laughs) So when I finished Deep Impact, it literally said, up next, the trailer for Armageddon. So I actually went and watched Armageddon the next day, and at the end of that movie, it was the same thing. Hey, the trailer for Deep Impact! So, you gotta love some synergy. They're trying to get people to revisit the summer of 98 and watch these two great asteroid movies. Uh, Maybe not great in Armageddon's case. So, that is Deep Impact, and Christian and I have taken an interesting start to this new blend of the month, Women of Sci-Fi, we're calling it, the Women of Sci-Fi, and there were a few options for us to go with our second movie. Naturally, I get to curate, so it was my, I got final choice on this, and we're going to be looking at a movie that's been on my radar for a while, but then I'm really excited to finally get around to watching, and that movie is Fast Color which is directed and written by Julia Hart, co-written with Jordan Horowitz. And Julia Hart, you might know from a movie she made last year with Rachel Brosnahan, uh, that movie being I'm Your Woman, which appeared on my top 20 list of last year, although it didn't make my top 10. Fast Color also stars Gugu Mbatha-Raw and is streaming right now on Hulu. And the sci-fi aspect of this movie is about superpowers. So, Christian, we'll be taking a look at some original superheroes and superpowers free of influence from Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, any other comic book publisher out there. Are you familiar with this movie at all? Have you seen it before? I have no clue what this movie is. Beautiful. We get to dive in together and we'll see a movie that is more of a certain person's vision. Deep Impact, obviously, started with Spielberg. It had been in development hell for a while. He passed it over to Mimi Leader, and she did the best she could with it. So now we get a movie that is written and directed by the same person. It's more of an original vision. So I'm excited to dive into that next week. If you have reached this point of the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Christian and I love to watch these movies and discuss them and then share our discussions with you. So thank you for listening. There are a few things that you can do to support the podcast. We share them at the end of every show, but it always is worth repeating. Number one, 
go ahead and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I did notice that we had one or two more five-star ratings come in, so thank you. Sincerely, it means a lot to us, especially as we're trying to grow the show and reach new listeners. And if, hey, if you drop a review for us, we'd be happy to read it on the show as well. If you want to send us some feedback, you can do so at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. We are regularly checking our email, and we love to share listener feedback and obviously incorporate listener suggestions for future episodes of the show. So, If you have any ideas for us, if you want to give us some feedback, if there's anything we're doing terribly, feel free to let us know at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow Christian and myself on social media. I'm on Twitter. He's on Instagram. We're both on Letterboxd, where we are rating and reviewing the things that we are watching. I just posted a review today for Memories of Murder, which is Bong Joon-ho's second movie. You ever seen Memories of Murder, Christian? I have not. You should. It's also on Hulu. So there you go. You can spend some some time on the, the Disney sister streaming service. Christian, any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? No. There may not be an asteroid careening towards Earth, but hey, take a moment tonight to hold your loved ones close, tell them that you care for them, and until next week, this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.